scripture I read as a blessing over you was the ironic, the, the, the blessing from Aaron to the people of God. He wanted the blessing of the Lord to be upon them. Wherever they go, he wanted the blessing of the Lord to be upon them. Not only that, he wants the blessing of the Lord to be on them and their children and their children's children wherever they are. And that's the blessing we have prayed on you today. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, saints. Today I'm so excited. It is what we call the end of the year for whatever reason. It is quite arbitrary, to be honest. January 1st being the, you know, December 31st being the end of the year, January 1st being the start of the year, it's really arbitrary. It's not from any rule, there's no reason why we would have it. It's not the, old, it's not the longest day of the year or the shortest day. It's not the one in the middle, it's none of those things. But still we celebrate this new year. And I love the idea of celebration. Uh, the idea of celebration combined with the celebration of the King of Kings is even more amazing to me. Like, I, I will celebrate the Lord if you drop a piece of trash the wrong way. I'm going to find a way to celebrate God. <laughs> Things go well, celebrate. Things go badly, celebrate. Things go right in the middle, let's celebrate for that too. Any reason I can get to celebrate the King of Kings. I was... Uh, Fascinated by this time of year because we all kind of think about what we want to do next year And the one thing I want to encourage you is don't wait Like if you're in November saying I'm gonna do something different in January How about and this is the stretch here, but how about just do it now? Like the good thing you want to do Just do it like set tomorrow set today Today is the day I'm gonna do that thing I have to wait for, for that's why I love, I love this opportunity to worship, but I will celebrate like this last week, and the week before that, and the week before that. I am here to bless the name of the Lord. I'm not going to be before you long today, but last week when we were talking, this idea about that Jesus is our peace. And I contrasted that with a couple of different celebrations, or a couple of different things in our Old Testament that you've heard of, with the Sabbath, and secondly with Jerusalem. The Sabbath being an, an opportunity for us to have a little bit of peace because it's the day we don't work. It's the day we get away from the chaos of work and the chaos of studying and the chaos of school and the chaos of what jobs come with. Sabbath is supposed to give you a relief from that. It's supposed to give you a break from that. And then I talked about Jerusalem, the city of peace, the dwelling place of peace, the place of peace is the other part of this peace, but we know that that's temporary. That that peace, we know Jerusalem's been overthrown multiple times. We know that even right now, not many miles from Jerusalem, there is a war raging even now. So if you can't get peace from time or place, I have suggested and I will continue to suggest that we get our peace directly from Jesus. Amen. That in Ephesians 2, he said, the scripture says, he is our peace. Like the place isn't the peace, yes. and if you're going to wait for 2024 for there to be peace, I'm going to disappoint you and tell you, I can almost guarantee you they'll be still fighting in 2024. <laughs> They're going to be fighting, they've been fighting in Somalia for the last eight years. They've been fighting all over this globe since the time of Cain and Abel. Till now. So if we're waiting for a time of peace, we're going to have to be waiting a long time. But there is peace we can have through Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to take another example of where Jesus was speaking of this peace. It's in Luke chapter 4. If you could turn with me to Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, it will be the, 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 the pivot point for my uh, lesson today. Um, Luke chapter 4, verse 16, reads thus, And he came to Nazareth, where he has been brought up, and, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up for to read. This is Jesus going back to his hometown. This is the first time going back since his ministry, his public ministry started. So he's taken a lot of people by surprise. They've seen him grow up and they didn't know that right in their midst was the Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So they come back and this is the first public thing he does in the place that he grew up. Verse 17, and there was delivered unto him, there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah in, in Hebrew. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20, and he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He had just talked this idea about this idea that there's people who are in prison, I'm going to set them free. There's people that are blind, and I'm going to give them their sight. There's people who are poor, and I'm going to enrich them. And here he was in the middle of this moment and saying, this moment has that been delivered. And the last thing he said is, this is going to be the acceptable year of the Lord. The reference he's making here is in fact to this idea of the Jubilee. The year of Jubilee. He's referencing this here. That this day is the year of Jubilee. Why? Because I'm here. It's a bold thing to say, but it's only bold if it's you and me. When you are the Son of God, when you are God in the flesh, this is not bold at all. But in order to understand what he meant by that, we have to understand what Jubilee is. The Jubilee, I've talked about Sabbath, talked about Jerusalem, but Jubilee is important too. And the Jubilee is a very important moment in the Jewish calendar. The Jubilee, so every seven years, just like the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, the, 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 they actually have a concept of a sabbatical year. Every seventh year is the sabbatical year. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh year is the sabbatical year and they're supposed to rest from labor on that year. The number seven is very special, seven days a week, seven it pops up everywhere in the scripture, right? So now you've got seven sabbatical years, and every seventh sabbatical year, meaning we've had seven years, 14, 21, so on and so forth, all the way to 49. That means we've had seven times seven years, and on the 50th year, right after that last sabbatical year, is the Jubilee. That 50th year is the year of Jubilee. It's what's special about this 50th year 
is that if you've got debt, it gets wiped out. Like, like on the 50th year, people who were in prison get set free. If you lost your land because you couldn't keep it up and you got in debt, they have to give it you back on the 50th year. If you were a servant paying off a debt and you were in that, you've got the 49th year, you're saying to yourself, oh, the 50th year's coming. Because the 50th year's mean no matter how much I owe, I get discharged the debt. Can you imagine this for our school loans? Woo-wee. Can you imagine this for a house payment? <laughs> On that 50th year, no matter what, you get discharged the loan. The debt you're in, if you're enslaved, guess what's supposed to happen on the 50th year? You're supposed to get let loose and let go back to your family. This is what the nature of the Jubilee is. So when Jesus is talking about this, he's not saying you need to wait 49 years, 50 years, this day. You are awaiting, you are thinking that time is the construct and time is the important thing. You are thinking, I know what you're thinking about the July, January 1st. You're saying, well, now's the time I'm going to start doing the right thing in my life. Now's the time I'm going to reset, I'm going to do it right. And Jesus is saying, no, this is the day. This day is this in your ear. This day is the scripture fulfilled. Right now, this wasn't the year of Jubilee. This was not the rule of Jubilee, but Jesus was saying this day is the year of Jubilee for you. <laughs> he is my peace, yes he is, but he's my Jubilee too. <laughs> he is my Jubilee, he's my year of Jubilee. So he walks into this place and he's telling these people, preaching this is the year of Jubilee and I'm gonna free the, what is he going? He says, Spirit of the Lord is upon me yes. because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel yes. to who? The poor? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <sighs> he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Yes, Gosh, we are hoping that time is the great healer of the broken heart. And Jesus is saying, in this moment, time is not the great healer. I am the great healer. <laughs> you think time's going to fix this? No, I'm going to fix this today. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. I want to show the captives that there is deliverance, not in the 50th year, but in this day that I'm here. Our job, our purpose in this, in this moment is to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. To preach that Jesus is come. And that those who would want deliverance from their prisons can have it through him this day. You don't have to wait. It's in him, fulfilled and purposed in him. This whole year of Jubilee was started on what they called the Day of Atonement. It's the moment that, um, back in the old book, if you go back to um, uh, the, the book of uh, Leviticus, it tells about this day of atonement. This is when you know the year of Jubilee has started. It starts with the day of atonement. Atonement is a word that we use to call when, when you have to cover something up. 
If I have to atone for something I've done, I'm trying to cover up that I've done something bad. So the priest's job at the start of the year of Jubilee and at the start of the, the sabbatical year was to blow a trumpet that represented the fact that this day of atonement was here now. This day of atonement was the opportunity for them to heal the rift that would grow between the people and God. <laughs> and so they would blow the trumpet to say that this is the year of Jubilee. We're going to start now. They would blow this trumpet. And there were several stages to this. What they would do is they would have a high priest would come to the temple. And the high priest would come in and only the high priest was allowed into the Holy of Holies. All the priests that worked at the temple, only one person was allowed into this innermost place, which is called the Holy of Holies. And in fact, what they used to do to get ready to go into the Holy of Holies was take off all their vestments, bathe, and they would put on white, which represented repentance. And the first thing they would do was make a sacrifice for themselves and for the other priests. None of the other priests were allowed into the Holy of Holies. In fact, it was such an important rule that when the high priest would go in, they would tie something around him. Because if he fell dead, no one was allowed to go rescue him. So they would have to just pull him out. Because no one was permitted in there but the high priest. And so they would get ready on this day, they would prepare themselves, they would wash themselves, they would dress themselves in white. They would go into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle the blood of a, of, a, of a bullock first for themselves. And then the people would bring two goats, two goats to sacrifice, right? One goat would be a blood sacrifice that would go into the Holy of Holies. But another one, they would literally bring to the edge of the camp and let it go. The blood of the goat inside was for the, the people's offering. And what the other grove was, is what, you know the term scapegoat? That's what this term comes from. The goat that gets away, takes away the sins of the people and runs away. He is free now, but in that he is free, he has taken away their sins and run away. <laughs> so two things are happening with the sacrifice. We get, the people get saved by the death of one and the life of another. You understand what I'm saying here? There's two goats. One to help you with death, one to help you with life. Let's go really quickly to Romans chapter five and 11. Because they're not sacrificing anymore. I'm not up here, I'm not messing with any goats up here. I don't need to, why? Because a sacrifice has been made for me already. It's in the person of Jesus himself. Romans five verse 10 and 11 reads what? For yes, if yeah, when we were enemies, yeah, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Yes, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Pause right there. Two things are said in that scripture that are important. Yes, sir. Something happens because of His His death, yes, sir. Yes, sir. and something happens because of His. Yes, sir. Right, right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you see how it's connected yes, to the old. One part is to make sure that I'm, the sin that I have isn't associated with me. And another part is to make sure that the sin gets away as far away from me as possible. Just read that again. For if, yes. when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So while we were still enemies with God, 
We get brought to God by the death of his son, by Jesus' death. We get close to God. And what's it going to say? More. Yes. Being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So now that I'm reconciled by his death, yes, sir. Yes, sir. his life saves me. But I didn't need two Christs. Yes, I didn't need two sacrifices. I needed one that could be both death you see that? I didn't need two of them. I just needed one who could go through death and come back to life. He becomes the, he becomes the sacrifice that people need. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so grateful today for the sacrifice that the people have, that I have it in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I told you about this idea. So he comes and he takes the, the sacrifice and he sprinkles the blood in the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies, the place that the priest goes, is separated by a veil. A very a veil. You hear about this veil. It's actually a really, really heavy um, curtain. A very, very heavy curtain. It's not see-through. It's some, something that keeps the place as private as possible. And this is meant to be the place that only the priests can come into. The high priest specifically can come into. There's another scripture I wanted to read into your hearing, and I'm going to get out your way. Matthew 27. Verse 50 and 51. Something interesting happens when Jesus dies. <laughs> Something very important happens. But there's reference to this old moment in scripture that is very, very, very important. In Matthew 27, when Jesus dies on the cross, um, something very important happens inside the temple. Let's can read that, please. Matthew 27, verse yeah. 50. Jesus, when he had cried again. Jesus on the cross, with a, he's about to die. With a loud voice, yeah. yielded up the ghost. And at that moment he dies. And, verse 51, yeah. Behold, the veil of the temple was rent yes. in twain from top to bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. So right at this very moment that Jesus is death, right at the moment of his sacrifice, this place that was only the holy of holies could go, what happens is a disruption in the order of what's supposed to happen. Only the high priest could, could offer sacrifice. But what has happened at this moment is that there's a new sacrifice and a new high priest. One that no longer needs the separation between God and man. I don't need somebody to do this special, which is why I'm not a butcher, I am a preacher. I don't need to do any of those things because he's done it. And now I don't have to do that anymore. Thank you, Jesus. This year of Jubilee, I don't have to wait for the year of Jubilee to come. I don't have to go find it because Jesus has fulfilled it. He has taken the opportunity at the cross to break down the dividing wall that was between us. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. I just want to hit that scripture real quick. Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 4, verse 3, sorry. In fact, go from verse 1, sorry. And yes. you, has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin? Right. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Yes, keep going, the sir. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we have had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of, of wrath, wrath yeah. even as others. 
but God. Yes. Who is rich in mercy. He's just rich in mercy. For his great love, wherein he loved us. Everything we learn about the Christ is a fundamental a reaction of love. It is the reaction of love. Everything you see about his ministry, it's about the love of God towards us. Let's keep going. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherein he loved us, verse 5, even when we were dead in sin, has quickened us together. together yes. With Christ, by grace are you saved. Thank you, Jesus. Let's keep going. And has raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The idea that the, the whole point of the Jubilee and the Day of Atonement was to fix the gap, fix the problem between God and man. That's the whole point that we are sacrificing these animals. It's the point of having the goat. It's the point of having the goat that we sacrifice and the goat we let go. Was all about fixing the gap. Ephesians 2 comes in and tells us he fixed that gap. No need to do this once a year. No need to do this on the Day of Atonement. No need to do this to show that the day of the year of, of Jubilee is here. He has done it once and for all. He has fixed the problem, yes, yes. fixed the friction, fixed the relationship. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't need to do any kind of additional things because Jesus did it all. And when he came in that temple and said to them, I don't think you realize what has happened, but I've just fixed everything. <laughs> he jumps up in the temple and reads the scripture and says, don't you understand what has happened? And the funny thing is no one did. They knew something was happening, but they didn't understand, which is the reason why this pew, these pews aren't full, because Jesus is here and people just don't see it. If you understood what it was, he, who it was asking you for water, you would say unto him, give me to drink. Oh gosh, amen. Let's go back to St. Luke chapter four, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Uh, don't wait till next year, don't wait till summer, don't wait for a better situation to come around, just don't wait for the, for the job to get it right, don't wait for the, the, the right neighborhood. Just now is the day to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He said it in the title there in verse 19, he says, I wanna preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he goes on today, he says, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. <laughs> we don't have to wait for that 50th year. Here's the funny thing is, you know, you could live and die and miss the acceptable year. Like you could, you could miss that year of Jubilee, that 50 year span. You could live and get in so much trouble before you ever get to that 50th year and you're gonna wait for some kind of outside deliverance and the Jesus is saying this day, my salvation is at your door. <laughs> That's why he said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. May the Lord have a blessing to read of this book. Amen.